Welcome to another figure week, park surface week, organic week. Hey everyone, my name is Ahmed Aldouri. I'm a concept artist and former instructor at Art Center College of Design, Brainstorm, CCS, CGMA, and various other places. And I would like to introduce to you this digital painting course that I've created. But before we get into anything, I just wanna thank you for the support you've all given me this whole time. And with the support of so many of you, I've been able to put together everything I know about painting into this digital painting course. You want to become a pro, illustrator, concept artist, or even just a hobbyist, but you don't have a clear map to get there. And that's where I come in. I spent the last six months compiling everything I know from my 20 years of art practice, and I've turned it all into a map. Starting with foundations such as rendering shapes, color theory, painting basic subjects, understanding brushwork, brush economy, all that fun stuff, deconstructing the skull, drawing it from every angle, Angle, all the way to master studies, stylized painting, and you'll find yourself at the end of the course doing a concept art project based on everything that we learn in the first 14 lessons. So how does it work? Well, you sign up, you watch the lectures, do the assignments, post them to the community page if you want, and treat it as a self-study, except for those of you who have signed up for the weekly meeting where I personally critique your work in a virtual classroom setting. I believe learning by repetition is super important. That's what I've sort of presented a lot in this course, and the assignments are tailored for that, as adapted from my time teaching at Art Center. And each of these lessons have step-by-step -step explanations in real time. If you've ever seen my videos, you know exactly how I teach. And this course is intended to be a substitute for a college level course, but you don't have to pay the four or $5,000 per class, racking up maybe 200K in debt. With my custom design course, you'd be paying a fraction of that. And of course, I also have payment plan options if you don't want to pay for the whole thing at once. Thank you for watching this and I'll see you soon. Hey guys and welcome back to Digital Artcast. Um, thanks again for tuning in for another episode. I'm glad to have you guys here. Um, I hope with everything that is going on in the world right now, um, everybody who's listening is staying safe. Um, if there is anybody listening from the part of the world called Ukraine, um, my thoughts are definitely with you guys. It's a fucking horrible situation over there and um, this has been recorded I think only about three or four days into the, the original invasion. So um, yeah, my guys over there, I hope you guys are staying safe. Um, I know a lot of the, the, the guys personally who are being affected by that and this place so um, yeah my thoughts are, are definitely with you guys um, 
on that uh, kind of uh, lay of a new episode, we're uh, diving back into someone who is uh, a second timer. Um, they're very rare on this on this podcast. We don't really have people on multiple times, but this is someone that's definitely been uh, two or three times on the on the podcast. Probably actually his third, and uh, someone I've wanted to get back on and, and talk to. Um, who is Mr. Ian Fickner? Hello, Ian. How are you doing? Good. Thanks, Cordy. How are you? I'm fine, man. I'm fine. Yeah, it's a different thing now. We're doing the whole video thing. Like, it's uh, it's a whole other setup because uh, the first couple of times we've done it, I was still using the old kind of just audio, but I've got your face on the screen finally. So, yeah. Good to have you back on, man. Yeah. No, I'm glad to be on. Um, it's I've been wanting to get back onto podcasts a little bit and get back into uh, being on social media with personal work. So, it's uh, definitely a nice opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, of course, man. You're welcome. Um, so yeah, a couple of years since we've talked, um, but uh, you've been super busy with work. Um, you know, COVID's been a thing. So, um, but you know, since I've spoke to you the last, you know, you, you've had a, a bunch of really cool opportunities and, and stuff you've worked on. Um, some major motion pictures, some really cool film work, um, and uh, you know, you've moved companies a couple of times. But um, I'm trying to mind where you were the last time we spoke. Um, it might have been the mill, probably even maybe just after that. But that was how far back we're talking yeah. about. It was like a couple of companies ago. So what have you been up to? Yeah, after uh, the mill, I joined Scanline. Mm-hmm. Uh, was working remote for them, actually, out of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, and during my time there, that's when I was working on uh, Justice League and Suicide Squad, um, which I was really fortunate to be on because I'm uh, a big DC uh, fan way more than marvel uh i mean marvel's great and all but mm-hmm. i just i prefer superman everybody has a preference yeah <laughs> yeah uh so it's it definitely a little unexpected to to be on two big um dc shows yes. uh at the same time and uh it was definitely Okay, to, to give a little back context, after working at the mill and being on a horrifying show, let's put it that way, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do matte painting anymore. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, in my head quite a bit of like, it's, uh, it's not what I thought the industry would be. And I didn't really know if I want to do this. And mm-hmm. I kind of just felt a little hopeless of like, okay, I have a skill that I enjoy, but I don't know what to exactly do with it. And, uh, uh a really good map painter who he doesn't have a lot of social media, Jordan, he encouraged me of just like, Hey, um, do a few other companies, see what it's like. Don't just give up after one company, mm-hmm. uh, see what it's like, give a few, uh, others a try and every movie is different. So just, just give it a shot, see what happens. And, uh, getting to Scanline was great. I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the work was great. The team was fantastic. Uh, I got to work on two great projects that, um, I, I would never expect in my life to be working on a Superman movie. Uh, so that definitely is a big checklist, uh, off, off my bucket list. Mm-hmm. Um, and then afterwards went straight to, uh, Pixomondo, uh, in Toronto. Uh, and from there I was working on, uh, uh, well, I think it's out of the bubble at this point, but it was, uh, Star Trek and Halo. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't, I can't say what I worked on for either. Just the fact that I'm excited to be sharing that soon because it's, uh, concept work that I, 
uh, again, just I, I wasn't expecting to do, to be a part of and do and even art direct a little bit of it. Thanks. So I'm, I'm really excited to release that someday, cool. eventually. Um, and then from there, I'm now at Zoic uh, here in Vancouver. Uh, and I'm really excited about Zoic just because um, since I started in matte painting, mm-hmm. uh, getting in, Zoic does not hire matte painters. They they rarely hire um, hire them, and what was it? I think it within like five years of looking at Zoic, I think they only hired like three times. Right. Um, so I, I kind of feel they're a little bit like Weta a little bit. They really don't go out of their way to go and get people. Uh, so I do feel uh, a bit fortunate that I'm I'm at this company and uh, at a place that doesn't recruit specifically for map painters. Uh, so I, I do feel quite a bit fortunate of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots happened in the last uh, two years since COVID of just from Scanline, Pixo, now here in Vancouver at Zoic uh, and looking to stay here for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, like, well, even back then when I was talking to you a couple of years back, it was mostly Photoshop, Nuke, maybe even a bit of Maya, you were kind of you know digging in a little bit early on and you yeah. just kind of starting to, to make stuff but um what's your process now for map painting is it kind of similar or is there a lot of stuff that's if you've got your your, your whole yeah. pipeline and you're happy with it then you don't have to yeah. change it constantly i mean i think that's almost i think we talked about earlier right where yeah, especially in me with environment art like i see a lot of people now who um are younger and hungrier you know i have already mastered blender i've picked up you know yeah. asset packs on on the the mega scan stuff and you know using that quite rapidly in their stuff and yeah. yeah even a lot of 3d concept guys i know who who you know most of the work is 3d not a lot of 2d because you know yeah. time money so um yeah i mean it's i'm still pretty much photoshop and nuke based uh i quite frankly prefer it yeah. uh and with it i'm kind of using it as a strategy just for myself for my career and business just because it's there's everyone now is 3d so you don't really get a lot of good actual 2D people at all, uh, quite often. Yeah. Uh, so I've been doing it just specifically just to kind of have that advantage point a little bit of like, hey, here's a good, really good Photoshop artist uh, who can also do complex nuke projections and do nuke work with it. Because um, even from being in other studios, you don't really see map painters who can do really high-end nuke work or high-end photoshop work they can do a little bit of the patches and whatnot which is totally fine but um you do get some who can do very in-depth paintings uh, which are always kind of remarkable to see um so i try to stick more to that specifically just because i i enjoy it it makes me happy um and it really allows me just to do what i want um and it, it kind of lets me segue away from what the rest of the world's doing a little bit, which is the whole let's go and learn everything and be everything. Yeah. Um, I just I don't prefer and prefer it very much. I mean, like I like you said, you probably got to the point in your career where you, you really didn't have to cater to everybody, you didn't have to be bending over backwards to learn stuff. Yeah, and, you know, like I mean, mm-hmm. if you're happy, you're happy. I mean, I know people will. Yeah. 
it depends what your end goals is, especially within Matt. I mean, especially if you want to work on, like you say, you know, Boba Fett or there's something that comes up, like a show that you're dying to work on. So you'll, yeah. you'll sacrifice, you'll change your stuff cause, or your MO because you want to work on a specific thing. But if you're happy with the money you're making, the place you're working, like there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. I mean, even I'm the same. Like with the, I mean, the job I have just now is not my dream job in a sense that it was the first place I wanted to go. Like it's not Blizzard and it's not this or that. But, um, you know, I'm getting to work with people I love. The money's really good. Like I make a decent living. I'm happy. Yeah. You know, that's that's the end of it. That's what you really need. Yeah, I think that's the end goal for a lot of people. Just do what makes you happy, uh, and and don't stray from it, uh, and adjust what you need in your life to to feed that happiness. And I'm only now starting to really, because of COVID, understand that a little bit. Because after listening to like uh, Ash Thor's podcast all the time, he always talks about feeding uh, the side of your life that lets you be happy and finding that balance mm-hmm. um and i i never quite understood it until like really getting into vfx uh and then having to identify for myself of like what to, what makes you happy um and, and getting into that and then exploiting those areas to to benefit it um so that's what i'm just trying to do with my life a little bit and it's one of the reasons why i moved to vancouver actually yeah um, i mean it's funny. yeah i mean the thing is, so many people I know who have worked in the film industry, we've talked about a couple of them off off, uh, off the recording, but um, so many of them I know who have left the bigger companies and, and have only worked in film for a couple of years and they just left because it's like, you can't do that race forever. It's it's so intense that, you know, especially in the film industry, you maybe only get maybe one or two projects under your belt and you'll probably be so burnt out, you'll want to just leave, you know, because energy yeah. just drops. There's nothing left. I mean, with games, yeah. I think it's a bit, easier sometimes no easier but like more paced because it's like a steady sprint not a marathon like you know you've got a five-year stretch you're going to make a game start to finish so there's yeah. no this thing where like shots need to be done in a week you know something needs to be turned around in a month last minute like you know films yeah. or like that yeah absolutely and very few artists in the film industry get the time to develop a shot uh rarely do they get that Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of one of the reasons why I've been sticking just with Photoshop and Nuke because it's like um, uh, I've, I've kind of noticed being the person who can do everything, right. it, you get that expectation instantly of, oh, you have to do it by tomorrow, yeah. everything. Where being specialized, I really try to encourage people to be specialized because you get companies coming for you just for that one thing. Like it's, it's why I got hired by Pixo. They, in the interview, were like, hey, your planets are really good. We thought, we didn't know that was personal work. Mm-hmm. We thought you actually did that for a movie. It looks that good. And I was just like, I can't believe I'm that comment. Jesus, okay. Like, yeah, yeah what do you guys need? Oh, you need planets. Um, obviously your person yeah, yeah, yeah and it it totally fed into that uh so i i think it's kind of good to be very specialized find what you're good at and uh own it uh quite a bit yeah that was the the star wars plants you done right the naboo and the tatooine ones yeah it was those ones and um the few that i did for uh even peter pan right. um that one actually was the one that got me the job at pixel oh nice um and it just it it wasn't really expected of of just that um so it it definitely um 
has allowed me to have the opportunities that I've been wanting uh, a bit uh, as well. So I, I really try to encourage people like be specialized. Yeah, yeah, and and obviously the like the power of personal projects has been like a a broken record on this podcast. But yeah, so many people talk about it that so yeah. many people have been hired through stuff they've done that isn't work related. Um, yeah, which is very. Um, it's positive in a sense, but it doesn't mean that you have to constantly be pushing stuff out just because in the hopes of getting a job. I think if you're if you're less thinking about, um, like even the fact when I got hired at um, my Fabricated Madness, like the stuff that really caught Matt's eye was the game jams I'd done on my own time because um, he was kind of surprised about the turnaround. Like I'd done them so quickly and the quality was still decent. So he was kind of like, yeah, we're looking to build like a 3D world. Like I really love, like I've looked at your games. I'd really love to make something like that. And that was, that was the whole reason that the Matt really hired me. So I wasn't really thinking about the time. I mean, I was thinking at the time it was going to get me experience and working in a game, pushing something out, finishing a game and, and publishing something. But um, not that like, you know, a couple of months later, somebody would be like, oh, cool, do you want to come work for me? So um, yeah. yeah, and then that's obviously led to more and more opportunities and the stuff I've done for Matt's led to other stuff. So yeah, it's one of these things where you just never know when the, the opportunities are coming and, and yeah. you know, it's, it's just good to be constantly yeah. training yourself and doing that stuff. And you can really see people who are really hungry for trying to figure things out and learn stuff by doing personal work versus those who quite frankly have given up uh, really quickly. Um, and I, I do like being able to do personal projects quite a bit. It's uh, actually one of the reasons why I came to Vancouver and joined SOIC is just having um, that balance of life of work and my own playtime. Um, to to get back to because in the last year I just I didn't really I had some opportunities to go into personal work I just didn't have the enthusiasm because of work and um, being in a tiny freaking apartment in Toronto uh, which killed a lot of enthusiasm and um, but the power of having personal work is definitely needed um greatly for being in the vfx industry i think um i mean and, the happier you are typically the, the more you would do that kind of stuff anyway like i definitely know there was a yeah. point even before matt hired me and i had been poor for a long time right i left my job in 2012 you know mm-hmm. went to university networked yeah. traveled all over and so you were talking it was nearly nearly eight years i really didn't have full-time employment and uh as soon as I started getting my first couple of paychecks, you know, the whole thrill to get back into doing work after work, all my actually just came back. Like the fact that I had money, you know, like because we talked about this, you know, before yes. we started recording as well, where when you have this constant fear or flight in your head of like, I don't have any money to eat, I can't pay my bills, like I can't contribute to my, to my, my family or my partner. It just totally yeah. like throws you down the hill. Um, so I was kind of climbing back up that again. It does, which I've I've actually had thoughts about this a bit because um, people always encourage that if you're trying to get into this industry, you have to go and make a portfolio. However, with making the portfolio, um, there's never the talk about what needs to be essential in your portfolio. It's just go and make something epic and amazing. But that's, I don't think that's the actual reality of it. Hmm. Uh, I think what you have to make to get a portfolio is what's necessary for doing the job. Yeah. Uh, and I've t- encouraged that to a lot of uh, juniors and uh, uh, people who want to become map painters of like, if you want a job, you, you got to show that in your portfolio. It can't just be, hey, here's a cool piece of artwork. 
nobody's going to care. Like, do pieces that are going to explain what your job is that you're wanting and show that you can do that quality that they're asking. And then once you get the job, then go and do personal work to to then explore other avenues of what you want to be doing or see or whatever. So flip it. Um, and, and people don't do that. They want to just go and make personal artwork that's epic and amazing, but not relevant to getting the job. No practical to what you like day to day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's difficult. I mean, I know when I went to Max's talk, Max Berman, a a couple of years back, he talked about leaving, uh, matte painting because, you know, it was just such a thankless job and the kind of like behind the scenes stuff that nobody really gets the credit for. and. I think he was talking oh, about yeah. working on like a it was Godzilla, I think, at the time he was talking about working on and he'd done this whole um eight K shot of like this broken up ground thing and this whole destruction part where Godzilla attacked. Mm-hmm. And then he showed the shot he was used on and it was like in, in a TV in a store like this big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, Fuck that. <laughs> I just spent like a week on that, like, holy shit. Um yeah. so it's 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 difficult, I think, with matte painting because um it's, you've got to be prepared for thinking that you're not going to be. I mean, you get to work in these great shows, like you said. You've got to work in these great movies and stuff, but yeah. you know. Um, and even then, I mean, you're lucky sometimes. Depending on the studio, you might not actually get to release the shot you worked on. So sometimes you'll work on something and you'll never yeah. get to show it. Um, oh, yeah. You were pro- pretty lucky with Justice League. You got to actually break down every kind of shot you worked on and put you know the thing up. And um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. one of these things where I mean. I, Matt Painting is a great career and, and it's not to bash anybody who's doing it. I mean, it, it's great work and it, and it needs to be done. You know, if we want movies, of course, it, Matt Painting needs done. But yeah. is it a part of you still that, like, you think you still, like, Matt Painting is still a, something you want to focus on going in the future? Or do you think you would want to shift, you know, as, you know, you're going forward? Um, well, there, there's two answers to that. Yes and no. Um, I definitely like staying within Matt Painting uh, just because of the fact that with, with my strategy of what I'm trying to do of staying within just Photoshop and Nuke, I, I get the difficult Photoshop work that others can't do. Um, and, and I like it because it tends to more often than not now become hero shots uh, that uh, a studio can now go like, hey, you know what? We have this great Photoshop person who can do Photoshop and Nuke. Let's, instead of doing all the 3D for, let's just give him the shot to go and paint it. And then I get it and uh, I go after it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what's also great about it is uh, when I freelance, uh, mm-hmm. I get, I, I get, I think I get pretty good map painting work where it still takes up a majority of the screen. Uh, so it, it, I think it definitely works in my favor to what I want to be doing. Yeah. At the same time, I do get like what happened with Max where you spend months painting on something for it to be on a tiny little screen and then motion blurred out uh, with a character right on top of it and you're sitting there going, what the fuck? So, um, and and I've had that happen a few times and oh, it's a ball buster. Uh, and especially when they, what, are, are you okay if I swear a little? Oh yeah, fuck you. Yeah, okay. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> like it. Uh, when people like pixel fuck everything on your screen uh and then just for everything else to just be cover it up in motion blur and you're yeah, like oh course. great this sucks especially um, if you spend like a week to two weeks or something like on a shot yeah. like it's a lot of work yeah 
Yeah. Um, so there, there is that part of me that's like, man, this sucks, uh, which is why I've been trying to like go into two separate avenues of the industry a little bit. Uh, one being art direction, because I really like what like Ash Thorpe and Sava have done with doing personal short films yep. and art directing their crap out of it. Um, and them and that letting them have their own way with um, companies and the projects that they get. Yeah. Uh, so I, I definitely want to be getting into that avenue a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, I do like what there's, there's probably a few map painters. Oh, what's that? I know, oh, sorry, something. I'm, uh, I'm cross with your other videos. Keep going. Yeah. But, um, there's, um, uh, uh, kind of like Dussault or Matthew Renault and um, Mike Catchell. These are matte painters who all they do is just Photoshop, but they're just so good at it that company will fly them across the world, pay them thousands and thousands of dollars to come in for a day and paint the shot. Uh, and so I'm, I'm trying to have like both of those avenues a little bit of matte painting and art direction um, and just see which one leads me to just being more fulfilled artistically yeah yeah i mean art direction is always i think an angle for a lot of people who work in the industry it's one of these jobs where you're getting to creatively really decide a lot of big key moments and and, and things in movies games and depending on what you're working on um but yeah i think art direction is one of the things you build for years and years but i mean it depends there's obviously some people who early on can prove themselves really quickly and get thrown into yeah. something and handle it quite well so you get to you know art direct at a, a young age yeah I mean, um, I think it just depends on your level of dedication, your level of passion. And, I mean, it's like we talked about these guys who worked, you know, the 16-hour days for a whole year. And mm. but then there's like, I know people, like Sava's one of those people who can just work tirelessly and just, <laughs> just seems to burn. Yeah. He's full of energy constantly. Like he just never yeah. seems to, to really tire. Well, and, uh, yeah. He has the added benefit of living in a cheap country, though, where yeah. he can only work for like six months and then has the other six months. Yeah, but at the same time, you're right. He does work a lot, though. Yeah, oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. Like, make it. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, even in Serbia, like it's. Uh, I mean, it depends on whereabouts, but like, um, I think the price is all comparative. I mean, even within the UK, yeah. I mean, some parts that will be cheaper, some are more expensive. But um, yeah, yeah I think Sav also gets paid so much on some of these projects that, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, he still gets the yeah, yeah. So it just depends. It's always perspective, but yeah, there's definitely yeah. people in the industry who are we call them unicorns, you know, it's, it's the rare people, the guys that you see rarely who, like Raph, like Raph or Gose, you know, like um, in between, you know, art directing God of War 2 for Sony Santa Monica, he's also knee-deep in NFT land and, and making millions doing that. So, you know, like um, I know guys that just, you know, I mean, they, they still sleep, they still have a family, they still have kids, but like they just have such a brain wired to work that, um, yeah. you know, they, they skyrocket through the stratosphere and do amazing things. But I think yeah. that's a problem with a lot of artists I see, even within matte painting, um, especially when Max was coming out with course and stuff. You know, people thought that um, it would be this whole rock star lifestyle, and once you get involved in matte painting, like, oh, you'll be working in Star Wars, you'll be working in, you know, Mandalorian, you'll be doing all these cool shots for ILM, and and uh, it's not always the reality. Yeah. Right? You're not going to get not cool always. Sometimes yeah. you're. I won't say it. Um, <laughs> you started commercials, right? Like just stuff, yeah. TV ads and stuff, right? Yeah. Commercials wasn't too bad. I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, the turnaround's quick. Yeah, sure. But you, you don't have 10 supervisors pixel fucking your painting yeah. and all of them disagree on how it should be painted. Yeah. 
Like, it, I, like no, fuck off. Like, it's like it before compared to films. Yeah. 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 Uh, so there is advertisement is kind of fun. I do kind of miss it sometimes. Uh, but I enjoy film where it's like here you just get handed a big shot and it's like, hey, we need this painted. Uh, yeah. And and thankfully I've been given time to to do that. Um, but I, I definitely would like to get into more art direction because uh, mm-hmm. I'm art directing uh, my own IP of uh, Peter Pan. Yeah. And then on the side, I also am doing my own short film uh, about an astronaut. And I've been art directing that for the last couple of years, uh, working with the artist who built the assets and looked up of it and uh, the story behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, I have been kind of hoping that with doing these two projects and uh, releasing the short film first and uh, some other paintings for uh, Peter Pan that I can eventually get into the role of being an art director just to see how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, cause I've, I've been kind of curious, I've been wanting to actually reach out to Ash about of like, how are you doing your personal work and art directing? Yeah. Uh, like what, how are you doing this? Um, yeah, I mean, well, he's probably just got that whole thing where he's worked enough now or gets enough work that he can take, like you say, yeah. have a, some time off and, and focus yeah. on stuff. And, and uh, I mean, because, you know, especially where he works within the US and the projects he works on pays probably really good. And yeah. he's, he's probably getting to a point where he's done two or three projects over the first six months and then he gets time, you know, afterwards to, you know, yeah. run the podcast, do personal work. So, um, I mean, the, the, the truth that we, we mean you really know is that if you're dedicated enough, you will find yeah. the time, right? You, exactly. you will carve out, you know, enough time that like, I want to work on this. I'm going to take some time tonight. I'm going to sit down for a couple of hours, work on this. And, and then you're so focused in that, like, you know, you're not going to fuck about your computer. You're not going to press it. You're sitting your phone. You, you, you'll just switch off and like, you know, just or go. switch on even and, and sit and do the work for three, four hours solid before you go to bed. I mean, I know guys that, I mean, yeah. even Matt, the guy I worked for just now, like, when he was young and he was starting in the industry, he was basically doing like a full shift at his work, you know, eight, nine, ten hours in the studio and then coming home and sitting all night drawing or, yeah. or make, making a beat. In fact, with Zamzi especially, like he was uh, doing that from college all the way from college to present day. So yeah, he's, wow. he's, he used to spend hours at night drawing the characters and drawing the worlds and, and making all that stuff up and writing some of the lore about Dr. Zamzi. So yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, he, he got to a point obviously in his life, maybe in his, you know, mid to late thirties where he was like, I'm, I'm tired <laughs> but, yeah. but then like yeah one of these things is that yeah if, if you're if you're dedicated enough you will uh you will find the time even guys i know who have families like you know they'll they'll spend obviously the time they need to spend with their kids and then as soon as they're sleeping they'll sit in the office yeah. the rest of the night and, and work and stuff so yeah but you've got plenty of time man you know, like you're, yeah. you're you're still young you're just starting in the industry really i mean you're, you've just just yeah. essentially just got your feet in the door i mean because you only i mean when was it you really got your first gig properly was it 20 15, 2016? Uh, it was i think it was 2016 uh yeah. was my first job for advertisement mm. um yeah. yeah yeah so i mean and relatively like you know what five or six years but like for a lot of people in the industry that's nothing really like it's, it's yeah. really right. yeah like some guys yeah. i know who are uh you know supervisors or tds on on some projects i've been in the industry 20 plus years i mean so mm. It is, uh, it is, I mean, even me the same, like, you know, I'm always, 
it, like you, I'm always yeah. hoping I've done better or more by now. But like, I always look back and remember that, like, oh yeah, I've I've only really been pushing myself five or six years anyway. So yeah. I'm considering what I thought I would be at yeah. this time, and if I didn't, yeah. yeah, I am curious to see where I end up with it, just because it's you're right. You see people who've been in this for like twenty years, and you're just like, how the hell did you do it? Yeah, for twenty years, and then you see people after five or ten years who are like yep done it move on new career let's let's just get out of this yeah, yeah, yeah uh and and i think that's the majority of people it's like after 10 or 12 years they're just move on yeah uh so i'm, I'm definitely film, curious i think films specifically the film industry yeah. really does it's, i mean I've, I've seen i mean you get it in games as well obviously but i think it's it's more common in film because like you said the turnaround is so quick and Oh, yeah. Even some of studios, you know, if you're working for, you know, people even say that with like, oh, I'd love to work at ILM. Like, yeah, cool. But like, you know, the workload, the pressure, like the amount of shots or stuff you're working on, like, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of hard work. You know, if you're not ready for it, like, it will totally yeah. cripple you um, before yeah. you realize what you're, what's happening. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's difficult. Yeah, which I, I think kind of leads into what will happen. Uh, f- I don't even know how to specifically identify it with like all the different platforms for um, showing content. So like mm-hmm. you have Hulu and uh, YouTube Red, mm-hmm. uh, Netflix, Netflix, Paramount Plus, Plus. Yeah. Disney Plus, all same company, but like uh, you have all these different platforms. And I, I kind of feel that like with the way it is going with the industry and with artists and such that it's going to become more, uh, individualized of who can not just the companies coming up with the ideas, but artists coming up with the ideas. Mm. So like, uh, actually what he's talked about on his podcast of like, we're in a renaissance of the digital age, mm. which we are, but I do feel that we, that is shifting into like the, the renaissance art age of like art direction because we have ai doing everything we have unreal where everything's photorealistic within seconds uh everyone is a generalist no matter what pretty much so either people become specialized uh in uh certain things to be called on by companies or people end up becoming uh individual art directors doing their own stories and then selling it to whichever platform to to become part of Mm. so i kind of feel like artists are going to be getting into this world of which platform are you on and uh what content do you create for them or for yourself or do you make your own platform um and like we were talking about uh before we recorded about like ben morrow making his own huxley yeah uh with huxley and how that's kind of blown up a little bit into Sava are directing the uh, the trailer for it. And so now that might, I mean, I, I don't exactly know what's happening with it, but maybe just theoretically that could go to YouTube Red or whoever um, for its own platform uh, with its own team and whatever. So uh, I, I definitely feel like we're in a, we're, we're still in the renaissance era of technology, but I think that's shifting into like individual, uh, like just an individual renaissance of what do you as the creator make for the platforms? 
I think. I mean, it's it's one of these things. I think, like you said, but even with what I'm working just now with Doctor Zamzi, like you know, Matt's whole world that he's built over the last ten years, twenty years, whatever it is. Um, you know, we're pitching that just now to. I mean, it's public knowledge. We do a podcast about it every week, but hmm. um, yeah, we've been pitching that to different studios about the animated series. We've just we've just finished writing the treatment for the first series, yeah. which is actually it's it's uh, it's hilarious. Actually, it's been a really good script. Um. And the studio we're working with are up in Canada, actually. I need, I need to find out who they're called again. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, we've been pitching that. We've also been pitching to movie studios about the movie. And we talked about it a couple of weeks ago on, on our podcast, the, the Dr. Zamsey podcast, about how we might have had Pierce Brosnan attached to it to playing Dr. Zamsey and stuff. So there's a whole thing where, like, you know, now Matt's built his own world that he's now pitching to people. And if that gets picked up, then that's his own individual thing. That's You know, so I think it's you've had this whole era of people working in the industry for 20 plus years now and you've got to a point where those guys are sick of working for other people so now they want to make their own thing exactly so now it's yeah because ben's been at 343 and, and working in halo for so many years but now he's obviously in the background being building his own thing and now that's yeah. coming right so um yeah there's going to be a whole slew of stuff and obviously your stuff with netherland and you know it might not happen soon but maybe 10 years five years whatever you know you might get an opportunity to do more shots and then pitch it someday and then make it picked up so um yeah yeah i've been in the chats with netflix about it uh for peter pan a little bit um and a few showrunners and producers about it mm-hmm. um so we're nothing has really happened with it quite yet just because i've been wanting to do a lot of the art direction for myself and build mm-hmm. the lore and uh, write everything, build the art bible for it all. Um, so oh, just oh god, it has been, but it's been really interesting because you really dig into other avenues and rabbit holes that you're just like, oh wow, I didn't like look at that. How did we we didn't know that we had other planets or other worlds or other fictional characters that ended up correlating or whatever. Uh, so it is it is a little interesting and fun to get into. But it, ah, man, is it a lot of work, though. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, but, uh, it, I think it will be worth it um, because seeing uh, like what Ben Morrow has done and Sava and Ash and uh, Mache have done, uh, everyone doing their own thing, I think the general audience has definitely liked it more uh, than what Netflix or Disney have done because uh, they're just doing the same content, just slightly differently almost uh so it it's kind of why i think like the the era we're getting into is going to be much more who's got original ideas and what are you doing with it and uh who's got the best world designs and ideas uh to to bring to the screen uh and with it you're going to be like your own team kind of like sava where he has his own small little vfx team to build everything uh and then he gets to have like all the control of uh control and say of what happens with it uh so i think that's going to definitely be increasing with uh artists all over the world and thankfully we have some really good leaders with it <laughs> yeah to follow a little bit yeah and funny talking about the huxley trailer because uh you know steve corman um friend of the show he worked on a lot of these shots as well yeah. so yeah, there's definitely a cool little uh, unit that Sava's built up when people he knows and, and work on that stuff. But um, yeah, everything Sava does is, is crazy good. Like, it's, he's still one of the few guys I want to get on. You know, he's on the bucket list. I want to get him on the, the show. But 
he's uh he's always working man so the only time i got the last time i saw sava was uh uh trojan horses and unicorn thu in 2018 just after i graduated in mola it was the last time i saw him and spoke to him but then of course the world went to shit shortly after that um i used to go to la in 2019 and then everything else just died so yeah it's been yeah, we were talking about trying to go to playgrounds this year or, or something because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's been nearly three years now, I think, before we've had a, an event. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that playgrounds happens uh, or the D2 conference. Uh, same with Trojan. I, I would really like to go to one of those this year. Uh, it, it is on my bucket list to be a speaker one day on one of those, but oh, yeah. uh, it would be great to be able to get back to those uh, yeah, platforms sure. and see people again yeah. i just uh, want to catch up with people and just have a drink man like it was it was funny i was right? talking yeah i was talking to a couple of dudes uh, earlier about some of the events and they were saying there's a point in your life when you go to them initially where you're just you're at every talk and you're talking to every person and networking but then eventually so many years later you go back to them it's just about getting pissed with someone like <laughs> you just want to catch up with people and just have a drink because you get sick talking about work and talking about the industry you just want to have a good time and, and yeah. chill with your friends so yeah, because we we kind of tried to organize that. I think even pre-COVID, um, we were thinking about coming across the THU in Europe. Um, yeah, I really wanted to. Because um, I, I would like to. Practice. It's a lot of cash to get to Europe for you. So. Oh, God, yeah. It is, especially being in Vancouver now. It's even way more. I but, can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, we can try to figure something out. I mean, I know because um, THU happened this year, definitely even during the pandemic because they moved back to lisbon now um in portugal so okay kind of back where they were originally um mm-hmm. um and they had it this year everybody said it was really good to catch up and stuff um but if they're having one again this year um i wouldn't mind trying to go here because it's a nice country it's a beautiful place they have it's really nice the place in lisbon they have as well because it's like a small island that typically is is busy with tourists but when they have the event it's on the off season yeah. so the whole thing is pretty God. much dead. So when people go there, they have pretty much the whole island to themselves. Wow. Um, okay. Plus the the place that they obviously hold it at, so um, which has a garden and really nice bits you can sit in and talk to people. And wow. um, do you know when it will be this year? Or it would probably be. I'm trying to remember the last. Oh, when did we go? I'm sure it was October last year. I was going to say September or October. Yeah. Because playgrounds was is always well generally in October. Some time um, around then, yeah. I think they try and yeah. plan all these things in the off season or like the times that aren't summer because you don't yeah. want to pay crazy prices for flights and, and hotels. Yeah. And, um, main event twenty twenty. So okay, yeah. so the nineteenth to the twenty fourth of September this year, and uh, and no, no, in Lisbon. Sorry, I correct me. I'm an idiot. Troya, Portugal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because that's obviously where the yeah. the, the the Trojan horse was was where yeah. the myth comes from from there. Um, yeah, uh, get a reminder. Tickets on sale in 19 days. Oh, shit, soon. So, yeah, I might, uh, yeah. I might try. That, uh, sorry to cut you off. Isn't that where uh, you actually did that video with Dylan Cole? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that Is was that a, it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dylan was a speaker that year. Um, yeah, yeah he'd done a whole talk on, which is rare because he hardly does talks and, and goes to events and stuff. So, I yeah. wish I could have seen that talk. I mean, it was it was funny though because he just basically kind of walked through a lot of his process. But then it was, it was one yeah. of these things where he tried to do something kind of live in Photoshop. Um, know that he was struggling, but like there was some things where he was kind of like he was having hiccups and he wasn't quite doing it right. And then he was like, "I swear to God, I'm Dylan Cole. Like, I swear, like, honestly, I know what I'm doing. I swear to God, like, please don't judge me." <laughs> he was like missing menus and he couldn't find buttons. He was like, "Oh my God, like I don't know what I'm doing." So, 
Yeah. That was funny. I uh, feel I'd be in the same boat of that. Like, oh, I, I know how to do this, I promise. I know. It adds a whole other element of pressure, basically, when you're doing those things, live talk. Yeah. You, get, you get so distracted with the fact that there's like a thousand people in the room, right? You freeze. So, um, That's amazing. yeah, September this year. Um, and the good thing we, we were as in Troy and Portugal, like it's always warm there. So, like, even in September, it will still be, you know, like going That's on a holiday. So, mm. yeah, I might try and go this year. I might make the the journey um because yeah I've, I've always wanted to uh go back because like i said 2018 was the last time yeah. i went 2018 was the first time i went and it was the last time this, yeah. uh 2019 never happened because i spent all my money going to lightbox in la um you know hang with raf and, and the guys over there which is great because i got to meet so many of the american guys i never met and uh got to tour riot i got to, you know go through sony and and uh blizzard got to have a tour at blizzard and stuff so yeah, that was a whole thing, and uh, yeah, I really loved being there. It was awesome just to see it. Um, didn't dig the city totally, like it wasn't like a whole thing for me. Like LA yeah. was a bit dirty. <laughs> the whole yeah. place was just wasn't a great place to be. But, um, it was no, nice. I've heard stories about LA. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd want to be there, but no, I'm saying even just the money to live there. Like uh, one of my buddies, yeah. uh, Lydia, was at Riot, and she was an environment artist there. But I think the flat she was in, she was sharing it with two other people. And she was still like two thousand dollars a month, like for rent. Um, crazy money, like just so much cash. Um, so yeah, I, I can, she's actually she's moved up to Seattle now. She's a uh, she's a Valve. So, um, but yeah, like yeah, the money in LA, like stupid, just so, so much. I mean, when people talk about these crazy wages people get paid, I'm like, yeah, but they live in California, so like, yeah. you know, rent plus healthcare plus everything else. You know, like you know, your money will soon disappear, but. Um, so how do you how do you find in Vancouver then? Like is is it is it because I mean, you were in Toronto, right? Not too long ago. So is it a big difference or very big difference? Um Vancouver is it, it kind of feels like being back at home in uh, Minnesota a little bit. Uh it's kind of like a mix of Chicago and Minneapolis. Uh so I I definitely like it. It's been easy to walk around everywhere. Cool. Uh Toronto was really nice, but I kind of felt like it was living in LA, even though I've never been there, based oh. on like how what people have said about LA that like, like anyone, busy, yeah, it not only busy but just like everyone you meet's fake, right? And that was just all over Toronto, right. uh, and it just it kind of just didn't really make it that enjoyable uh, walking around seeing people like this, right? Um, and it there just wasn't a lot to go to around to uh in toronto yeah. uh, were, you so, right, were you right in the center of toronto or were you kind of outside pretty or? much i was pretty much in the center of it um but it was still a gorgeous city it's very beautiful it's easy to walk around everywhere uh great dog parks and i love dogs so it was, it was nice uh, i just needed with being in vancouver just more space just breathe and walk around and um and like with this apartment, I have, as you can see, kind of windows that wrap around the whole apartment. I was going to say, it's very light. Yeah. Are, yeah. Oh, yeah. And having all the light definitely feels so much better and just and then close to your mood. You're, yeah, you're in darkness. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, you, need, you need. It's funny, though. I, I was even watching a thing recently where it was uh, a woman I, I follow who moved to like basically the middle of nowhere. Like she was in a cabin in the woods almost by herself. Um, I think the nearest town was like 10 miles away. And uh, she'd lived kind of in the city all her life, so she was trying to do the opposite, where she was trying to escape and, and get away from things. But mm-hmm. now she's she's releasing a, a blog where she's like, um, 
like she's missing people she's missing interaction she she's craving attention from people and money talk to someone so i think it's where these things where people try to seek extremes where they're like oh, i'm going to go live in the woods or i'm going to live in the middle of the city where there's everything to do and i think it's yeah. one of these things where like everything in life you need balance right you need enough yeah. social interaction that it satisfies your brain but you need enough quiet time where you can do your own thing as well and distress for all the interaction that you've just done so yeah, yeah it's, it's it's a hard balance and sometimes you move to cities you're like oh this is going to be great like i'll have me space plus i'll get to go out you know in the middle of the city and enjoy the nightlife but mm-hmm. some uh, cities you can move to are just like you know it's so intense you know yeah it's too much for your brain to handle you're like i can't handle all this you know the lights the sounds um, yeah yeah definitely so it's being here it definitely has been a nicer work-life balance and mm-hmm. um with being able just to i live literally like a minute from the beach oh cool uh so I I go, what the fuck yeah so i <laughs> i'm like right next to it so it's been what great is. just to go for a walk uh with my girlfriend and just go for a walk go for bike rides oh, yeah. uh we're right next to a bakery that where they they make fresh bread every single day and at the end of the day any bread that's left over they give to a homeless uh shelter oh cool nice. um so it, it's definitely been a nicer work-life balance here um and is it's been weather, like, is the weather extreme or uh, it's mostly rainy and uh cloudy Right, uh, but I don't mind it. I mean, I I personally love rain. I love the smell of rain. So well, being from Chicago, yeah, that much. <laughs> yes, yeah, you guys are on the yeah. coast, so but it's funny though because I remember I, I spoke to Moses uh, way back in the day, Moses and Fleur, and uh, he went from living in Miami to working in Canada, and I think mm-hmm. I remember it was Toronto um, or fucking Vancouver he was in. Um, but he he talked about one day walking to his work. It was so cold. He basically passed out and and face down in the snow because he was walking to his work. Jeez. It was so cold. Um, because I know in Toronto, I think you get really bad winters, like heavy, heavy snow. Um, it's more I don't know what it is. Than anything. Yeah, yeah. 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 Vancouver, I take it pretty mild then compared to Toronto. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, we yeah. had a little bit of snow, but it was like a centimeter. And that was right. it. Nothing really, but yeah. That's, That's crazy like as well, because I mean, I'm in Scotland, obviously, which is one of the fucking coldest places on earth, but um, I remember talking to people about Canada, and I was always see these pictures of people who have got like, have to drive through, like, you know, the, the 50 foot snow drifts that are like, like plowing through yeah. and everything so that's yeah. the only thing i've ever thought about moving to is like how fucking cold it would be all the time so yeah. oh yeah yeah oh, yeah absolutely yeah i think the worst we had it this year was like minus two maybe minus three at a push but Jesus. yeah but, but that's celsius right that's not even fahrenheit but um i've heard in Canada sometimes some places can get to like minus 20 like minus 18 oh, yeah. like really bad yeah. i think this year we had minus 30 close Jesus to it Christ. oh my god um where even with all our heaters on, it was still cold in the apartment. So we're like, yeah. well, great. Yeah, setting blankets the whole day. Oh Pretty God. much. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's been nice so far with, um, I mean, I, I don't mind the rain. I like it. Uh, it's been easy to get everywhere. Uh, I definitely feel happier being here. Are you uh, driving I, as well? You got a car for commuting or is that oh bike God, no. you like your only thing that you're using? That's my only thing, yeah. 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 Probably. Is it quite easy, like a good city to bike around to take her? Everyone here has bikes. Yeah. Everyone here has bikes. God, yeah. I wish yeah. that was like in Scotland. We've got a real problem with just everybody has a car. Everybody has like two or three cars and everybody drives yes. everywhere. Everywhere you walk, you can just constantly smell uh, fumes, exhaust. exhaust. It's ridiculous. Exhaust. So, I hate it. I like, I like having the bikes. And we're uh, a 10 minute bike ride from Stanley Park, which is 
a park bigger than the city itself. Oh wow! And the city's right next to it, which is perfect. Cool. Uh, so it's it it was definitely a nice choice moving here. Uh, the studio has been great. Uh, the products are great. Um, I'm getting back to personal work. Uh, I would like to get back to mentoring people about map painting, um, and see where it leads me. Yeah, I mean, because you're. I mean, we can talk about that for a little bit. But you're an active member in the map paint community. Um, if you guys don't know who are listening, Ian um, works with a, a bunch of dudes who run. Um, uh, I think called is it mappaint.org? Is that is is that still the address? Uh, com. It was dot com, but mappaint.org uh, closed. They had to shut down. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and Conrad or Matt Paint mm-hmm. uh, took a hold of it. Got it. Okay. Uh, thankfully, just to keep all the archives of all the old paintings. Oh yeah. Because uh, they were going to close it down if nobody bought it or took it. Oh, wow. Just, we'll delete everything. Uh, lucky so, it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they Conrad really did a good job of getting in, preserving it, um, just because it's got so much history of old map painters. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely kind of saved it a little bit. Jesus. Um, yeah, well, map yeah. paint home anyway, so that's that's still there. You guys can check yeah. it out. I'll leave the links below anyway, but like, yeah, yeah, you guys do a whole kind of online school mentor thing where you can go and learn how to map paint and you guys will help out the community. There's a lot of people that will help teach and even, like, you're, at, you're at the higher echelon, but there's a lot of guys on, underneath you or lower who will also help and there's lots of feedback and yeah. people offer help and shots and stuff and mm-hmm. yeah Definitely. yeah but, i mean connor has been running that pretty much since you've been starting like so yeah about mm-hmm. five or six years in that as well so mm-hmm. yeah and conrad allen conrad is also a guy in the podcast i've had him on as well who um is is he still map painting or is he now fully in the, uh, the website he's doing both right uh he, he freelances for map painting i believe right, cool. uh, still yeah. a bit yeah yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's he's still there. Is he still in did he move back to Australia? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Remember there was talk about it. I mean again it's been ages since I've caught up with Conrad as well, like a long time. It was funny the, the first time I spoke to him in years, it was it, it was I think he commented on that post about the Ukraine not too long ago. Um a couple of days ago. And I was like, Oh shit, Conrad, what's happening? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just to correct me anyway. It was the only reason he came in at the comments just to correct me. Um but yeah, yeah, I've not spoken to him for a while either, a couple of years. Um, yeah, that whole kind of crew, like, yeah, because obviously at one point I thought that's what I was going to do and, and try to get involved and stuff, but then it didn't. But um, yeah, there was there was a, b- a bunch of good dudes that were on yeah. there and working away, and it's a good community. So it's never too late to learn map painting. No, or for me, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, the, the thing is, I, I know the problem with me, and, is, and, and I know this through my life experience, it's just who I am, that. Mm-hmm. anything i turn my hand to if i re- if i really set my mind on something i know i can do absolutely anything i want to do um and i've kind of done it you know leave my job go back to university get in the career i have now like you know so many people say i would fail and, and now i'm working for a studio in la but um yeah like I, I, the film industry scares me i think that's the only thing because one of my dreams is working in star wars right that's still a huge dream of mine um but uh the film industry does terrify me and uh I think it's one of the things where I've heard so many negative experiences versus good experiences. Um, I know, obviously, you've got to pick your studios and there's certain places that are better than others, but um, I definitely have heard so many horror stories that I'm kind of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it really just depends on the person because uh, it's... Uh, Victoria and I had the same influence where people just told us horror stories and mm-hmm. it really made it off-putting. Uh, but I, I think it really is just 
individual dependent of just how do you react to it how do you take it how do you uh you deal with the distress of it and yeah um also with like the studio at that location with the people that are just there uh so it, it really is there's so many variables into it it's hard to say um but i uh, i mean just for anyone listening i got i guess if you hear stories about the industry yeah sure a bunch might be true and whatever but find out for yourself i would say yeah yeah i mean it's i mean it was the same with games you know yeah. even before i got into that it's kind of avenue people were saying oh, you know crunch and working weekends and it's i think because like the film industry it's still so new um people are kind of figuring things out as they go but um yeah more and more people i talk to now especially within games studios are changing their culture and definitely try to be more accommodating to people and helping you know with uh, they are with you know equal rights and equal measure for people working and paid holidays and breaks and and trying not to enforce crunch and making the yeah. work a bit easier on people so yeah like it's one of these things where i think so many people see, see the horror stories that existed 20 years ago but the, the industry has kind of moved on and i think it's the same with film um the way it was going or the way it's still going you know it will the bubble will eventually burst and we're gonna have to try and reset but um until then you just have to be you know keep your head in a swivel and try not to get sucked in with the whole lure of getting yeah. to work on cool shows like you just have to always make sure that you're looking after yourself at the end of the day yeah yeah i agree and yeah. i think it's getting better i mean with the uk put a what was it um put up a huge thing about being paid ot now yeah um so that's getting better and um people are getting more rights with things and i've also kind of noticed people uh are talking a lot nicer to each other yeah uh and just generally being much more respectful in more uh more unionization in some companies as well that people are really pushing for that as well so yeah which I think is is absolutely key. I mean, it's uh, I've I've had a supervisor hovering over me, literally over me, telling me how to paint a pixel. Oh yeah, and yeah, and I know we've talked about it, like this guy walked into the room and literally told the entire department that if he could fire us, he would. Oh yeah, and okay. like yeah, and that he personally did not like map painters. Um, so like, and then this guy was hovering over me, telling me how to paint a pixel and was like if you don't do what i tell you you're gonna get fired and i'm like well great yeah uh, so I mean, that, that's, that's the horror story stuff that's the stuff that you worry about because yeah yes yeah, it's, it's uh it's difficult i mean it depends on i think maybe yeah. the, the discipline you do as well like i know a couple of guys who worked in film as modelers and I've, I've had decent experiences and stuff so i think yeah. it really just depends because map painters i think are so niche that it's uh, a thing where people feel like they've got power over them because they're they're the the smaller contributor you know oh even though equally important that you know maybe there's only two or three of them in the studio so yeah yeah they feel like they're outcast sometimes but um yeah i mean there's there's even techniques within map painting so you can learn even within 3d and 2d that you could lend to other skills as well you know i mean oh yeah absolutely i mean you've done some concepts and stuff as well so it's not like you're always tied to just doing mapping and stuff all the time so yeah 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 it's a good variety of stuff just gotta give it a shot there's a bunch of opportunities yeah especially if you're willing to learn you know if you really want to dig in and learn a lot of good programs then yeah there's a lot of yeah. opportunity for people to do stuff because studios are always hungry for people because there's so much turnaround on, on projects that you know if you're good enough then you'll be getting infinite amount of uh, um, offers through the door for people to, to want to work with you so as long as, you're not, as long as you're not a dick to work with of course that's, that's always a key element yeah definitely, you know, yeah. an asshole. 
so yeah um cool. yeah well awesome yeah i think this is it's a good point to kind of cut it but um yeah um if you guys have any um questions or any comments you want to leave down below for Ian, um you can drop them in he always runs by the youtube channel you can always check out stuff i'm sure he'll reply to them if, if you leave them in a yeah leave us a like give us a share it's always great if you're listening of course um, we have a video version as well on youtube that we do that uploads as well as the, the audio podcast on spotify google podcasts itunes all that kind of stuff so you guys can check us out over there um and yeah thanks to, to ian coming on again hope you enjoyed it yeah thank you and just if anyone has questions about map painting or the industry or uh trying to figure out how things were just let me know i'm more than happy to uh, to help out yeah definitely you can contact Dean I'll leave all his socials below and his art station and stuff and um, I'll include links to map paint as well of course because that's a big component of what you guys do as well and um, yeah you guys can check all that stuff out as well and yeah yeah, that, that, that's pretty much us for this week guys um, and yeah um, thanks for listening so far um, thanks again for listening thanks for being come on and uh, see you guys later bye guys thank you bye